0: Welcome to Calling Game, brought to you by Mediate. I'm Kelsey Trainer here with my co-host, Amba Jagnerine. Hey, everybody. Today, we are joined via Skype by, in our mind, one of the greatest college basketball coaches to ever exist, two-time NCAA champion and head coach of the Notre Dame women's basketball team, Muffin McGraw. Thank you, coach, for joining us. I'm so happy to be here. Uh, So, earlier this year, you had a press conference go uh, viral, if you will, um, where you said something to the effect of, I'm getting tired of the novelty of there being a first female this, a first female that. And you said, when is it going to become the norm instead of the exception that we have women in positions of power? Uh, First of all, thank you for using your platform to say that. (laughs) It felt like you were speaking directly to us. Um, And just kind of in your eyes, why is that so important? Why is female mentorship so important?
1: Well, it's so important for the young women that are just coming up, coming out of college and even in high school to see women leading. I think that they look up and all they see are men. When you look across the country and whatever the case is, whether it's in Hollywood and who's on the screen and who's the starring role and who's getting paid more for it, whether it's in politics, sports, it really, it's pretty much in every pos- pro- profession. I think there are five percent ceos in fortune 500 companies so wherever women are coming up out of college and they're thinking what career should i choose they want to see some women role models they want to see some women who can help guide them in their path whatever career they choose and if they don't see it no matter how many times you tell your daughters you can be anything you want to be if they don't see it they're not going to believe it
0: yeah that's that's so true it's kind of like out of sight, out of mind. And mm-hmm. um, actually, it's a funny story. I actually went to the Notre Dame women's basketball camp in seventh grade oh and slept over for a few days. And I, <laughs> I won the three-point contest. And I have a picture with you somewhere, uh, in me in seventh grade, right after I won the contest with like a disposable camera because I guess that's what <laughs> the kids were using those back then. Um, and But for me, as a young girl, to see you as a head coach of this, you know, major basketball program. That was so
1: important. Well, it is so important. It's so important for my team. And that's why I like to talk about empowering women and building confidence because there are a lot of very good male coaches out there. But I think to talk about how do you prepare yourself to go into the world as a woman, it's difficult for men to do that. So I think it's so important that they can see me as a leader. They can see how I'm using my voice and they can really see this is possible for me.
2: This week, um, the governor of California signed the pay-to-play bill into law allowing college athletes to make money off of their name, image, and likeness. I'm sure, Coach, you've heard about this because this clearly affects you a lot. Um, And some opponents of the bill have argued that women and women's sports will face the backlash financially for this move um, in the event that the other states follow suit or the NCAA as a whole makes a change. Um, Can you kind of stick us through your thoughts on that?
1: Well, I'm I'm worried about the future of college athletics as we know it. I think we went to the cost of attendance, which I thought was a great thing. Kids are able to get a small stipend just for miscellaneous things that they need uh, while they're in school because they really can't work. So I thought that was a pretty good first step. And now I think you're opening up something that's going to turn into free agency uh, and and college sports. I think you're right. I think football and men's basketball are going to be the ones they're going to be pursuing and trying to pay um, for these kids to come and play and use their likeness. And, you know, it just opens up so many things that. When we're talking about these kids are supposed to be amateurs, Um, they're getting their education, and I am a big proponent of the fact that we are educators, and I think that it's just going to change the landscape. I'm sure that many states will follow the lead of California, and the NCAA has a lot of work to do to try to figure out how can we meet them halfway, how can we help the student-athletes who deserve to get their likeness or be able to use some talent that they have and not change from amateur to professional for what we have in college.
0: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. We were um, we were talking to Jay Billis about this, and something that we both just again this idea that uh, women's sports will not do well because of this. And I don't know. I don't think obviously there's no stats on it yet. um, So I don't know the effects. So there is the thought that college, you know, the football and basketball will kind of take over everything. But then there's the other side of it. Well, maybe you have a stellar athlete at, you know, at the softball program at a major school, and maybe she's not getting a sponsorship by Nike, but she can go, you know, local, local businesses will seek her out, um, you know, to kind of promote, But then, like you said, uh, you know, you kind of get away from amateurism in that respect. Um, It's just such an interesting debate that's going on right now. um, And we don't know the answer. I don't think the California bill is the answer, but it certainly gets the NCAA and other states talking about this
1: issue. And that's always a positive when people are talking and certainly things are changing and the NCAA hasn't changed that much over the last 50 years. So <laughs> it's true. I, I think <laughs> we definitely have to look and see what's ahead of us. And I'm certainly not an expert on what the, what the exact bill says. So I don't want to comment too much on it, but I do do believe that these kids are amateurs.
0: Yeah. All right. Um, so kind of going off of that in the past few years, we have also seen, uh, Rise in female coaches in male professional sports. It's nowhere near we where we want it to be, um, but as of yet, we don't have a head coach in a male uh, professional sports league. And it goes behind this antiquate, antiquated notion that women cannot coach men. Um, I, obviously, I don't support that. Um, but why aren't we seeing more of this in college sports? You know, wh- why does the professional leagues have more uh, female coaches than in say, you know? college basketball.
1: Well, you know, it's interesting, too. After I made my remarks in March and I look at the landscape and I see Adam Silver, someone that was listening, and he is someone that decided we need more women. And you've seen so many women, including my former assistant, Neil Ivey, getting hired on NBA staffs. And I think that's phenomenal. But for me, I like to see it starting at the grassroots level. When you go out and your kids are five and six and they're going out to play soccer, they're playing for somebody's dad when they yeah. go into grade school or middle school or high school. They're playing for a male coach. And I think we've got to start there. And so when your kids are young and they're coming out to play sports and they see a woman who's the head coach, then they start to think, oh, this is normal. You know, that's how it's supposed to be. And then when they go on, you know, to another sport or another higher level seeing more women. Why aren't the moms out there coaching? We have all these great women soccer players across the country. Why aren't they out there coaching? And then get into high school. And women could easily be coaching high school sports. And I know that there's probably some that are getting involved at at that level. But for me, I want to see women coaching women first. I want to get that done. I'd love to see these women that are going to the NBA come back to the WNBA and use everything you learn because you're learning from the best in the NBA come back to college and help us get more powerful women in our sport.
2: Yeah, we we actually spoke to um, head coach Katie Smith of the New York Liberty uh, a few months ago, and she, she also, um, you know, made that point that, you know, young women aiming to be be professional basketball players. They they don't pay attention to the WNBA. They don't you know when they when they make it to the w, WNBA or they make it to Division one or Division two college basketball. Their focus then after that is kind of shifted more towards the NBA. You know, coaching in the NBA, training in the NBA. You know, and it's not it's not the focus isn't towards going back to the NBA and to, and you know making your money where where the rest of the women are making their money.
1: You know, there's so many strong women in the WNBA and you see them speaking out on so many different issues and I know this is one of them. Just just the marketing and the appreciation for these women. And I think it's great to see these guys in the NBA coming out and sitting courtside at the women's games and showing people around the country like this is a great product. This is something you should come out and see. And I think we need their help. You know, we we need the help of the NBA to promote the WNBA in order to get it going. We need these high school and college women looking out at the WNBA and seeing this is something we should be watching because that's where they want to get to. And it is a small number that are going to get there. So that's a little bit of the problem because they are focused on some other things.
0: Yeah. And I do think something that (coughs) is totally understated is that we need male allies you you know, you need men out there in those because they are the ones in the positions of power yep you need somebody to say you know what I, i'm not i already have all of this success here's somebody you should hire here's somebody i'm
1: going to hire and when they're on the women's side and they get really good they move them over to the men's side i know you, you yeah. see somebody like doris burke <laughs> yeah was one of the best in our game moving Jessica over to now doing men's games which is great i think we're excited to see that but we don't want to be the training ground um, yeah. for people yeah. to, to kind of jump off and move up from there so i do think we need men i think you're absolutely right we need not just allies we need advocates we need people in the room that are saying hey i think this woman would be great i think we need to promote this woman and and that's across the country and everything not just sports in every avenue because there's so many women across the country just looking for that opportunity but without a man in the room telling other men in the room this is what we need to do things just aren't going to change for us
0: I love that.
2: <laughs> yeah, and I think we we are actually kind of seeing change like that happen. We are seeing athletes rise up, and male athletes in particular, and and coaches using their brand and their platform to bring about change, and you know, in the community, in the world, and, and stuff like that. You know, for example, LeBron has um, that hashtag more than an athlete, and you know, they have the the media company. Steph Curry has unanimous media. Kevin Durant has thirty five ventures, and they're all. Working to create a global impact outside of sports. You know, we've seen, um, you know, the California pay to play bill was was signed on LeBron's show. Um, So do you think there is an untapped market for female coaches and players in in this same space that, you know, we see LeBron and
1: Steph Curry and KD in? You know, I think there is, and I think women are already there. I think they are just, it's just so much smaller because we clearly don't have that kind of money behind us. If the women in the W were making more money, I think you'd see uh, the, their foundations be a little bit bigger. Um, but right now they're they are so active in the community. You've seen Devro Peters and uh, Natasha Cloud, they're really involved in gun reform and what can they do to try to get more people. There's, there's, women throughout the W that have many platforms and they're trying to use them, but our voice just isn't big enough right now. So I think we need to continue to work on that. And I think that there is plenty of room in those spaces for all of these issues, not just women's issues, but um, those certainly are the most important ones to me.
0: Yeah, And that's actually kind of how we came to be is that Mediaite is a news site, covers politics sports, um, but doesn't cover women's sports. And I'm actually the lawyer. I'm in-house counsel and in business affairs for the company. And AMBA is our business development. And we saw we both played sports and we were like, hey we're interested in this we want to use this platform that we have so we went to our boss and he said go ahead do it um and so now a website that wasn't necessarily com- covering women's sports if you go into our sports section now it's just it's basically it's us basically
2: all women's sports
0: now <laughs> <laughs> and you know mediate has a very large audience um and that's something that is so important to us and i, I just think it's Like every week, I go through ESPN.com and I scroll down to see how long it takes to get to the first news story about women's sports. It's usually like 30 to 45 seconds. And that's just not acceptable from a sports website. I mean, Kelsey scrolls fast. (laughs) Yeah, I'm a fast scroller. Um, And so I think the media has to do more uh, and hopefully to to expand that platform um, and help those people like not natasha cloud create that space and you know you've got megan rapino and sue bird creating
1: these you know sure change basically change in, yes. in the world yeah. not just in the country in the world Right and the media has to play such a big role in that and that's where you know people talk about the marketing WNBA some people don't know there's a league they don't know their, when they're playing and because we're still only getting 4% of the media attention on women's sports 4% when you know we're 50% of the population and we're participating in sports at such big numbers and we're interested in sports and yet we're we're the group that's being left behind
0: yeah no that's that's basically that's how we got started and that's what we're we're trying to up that 4% for sure.
1: Well, good for you. You're helping
0: pause. <laughs> Thank you. Um so I have to ask this because I'm from Philadelphia. Um, and for anybody who doesn't know that's where your coaching career started. You were at Archbishop Carroll High School, then St. Joe's and Lehigh. Um how has your Philadelphia basketball roots? It's such a deep basketball community. How has that kind of contributed to your success in and outside of the sport?
1: Well, I've always thought Philadelphia was sort of the center of basketball when it started. The Big Five was so just such a big thing before really conferences took over and so growing up in philly i, I think i learned a lot because people <laughs> in philly they get right to the point they're very honest <laughs> you made Stark my heart is like the native language i think yep. that it's uh it's a really great place to grow up because i am ultra competitive and i think a lot of it is because of that i came out to the midwest and my first thought was, "Gosh, the people are so nice out so here." So nice, <laughs> not not in Philly. We're uh, we're gonna fight. You know, we're all we're all rocky and uh, <laughs> trying to trying to battle it through. So I think definitely impacted me. And there's so many coaches that got their start in Philly that are now doing pretty well.
0: You just made my Philadelphia heart so happy. <laughs> <laughs> I have to like clip that moment out and just you know spread it across the universe. <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> And even though I'm a hawk from St. Joe's, I do love Jay Wright and the Villanova team.
0: I mean, Philadelphia basketball is is fantastic. You've got Temple, St. Joe's. I, I went to Drexel Law School, so i got to put throw that in there. Um, but just fantastic players, coaches, um, and people to come out of that, that sport. And you are obviously one of the, the top people to come out of that. Well, thank you. Well, uh, thank you, Coach, for joining us. Um, it's been a pleasure to have you on Good luck this season, um, and we so appreciate your time today. Thank you
1: so much, Coach. Send me a (laughs) cheesesteak.
0: Done and done.